Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey, Dad, I hope you had a good day yesterday. I, I hope you did. But if you didn't, you should have been able to wake up this morning resting <laughs> easy in the fact that even if you had an awful day yesterday, it wasn't as bad as John Fetterman's day. <laughs> I don't know if you know who John Fetterman is or not. It doesn't matter. I do. Okay. What did he do? Woo! He and Dr. Oz had a debate last night. <laughs> It was kind of a one-sided huh? affair. Oh. <laughs> look, this, look this, this, zero political comment whatsoever. I just want to tell you how one question went. Um, okay. Mr. Fetterman, earlier you said that, that you support fracking, but you previously have made statements where you said you are completely opposed to fracking in all of its forms. How do you square these two statements? Uh I support fracking. I don't. I uh, I support fracking. That would. I support fracking. On a nationally televised debate <laughs> in what has been a pretty close race. It's like. Yeah. <laughs> How were you not prepared for that particular question in the state of Pennsylvania? Not a political show. I'm just saying, if you had a bad day yesterday, it wasn't. There, there was somebody who had a worse day. Just saying. I am going to run for office, some kind of office, even if it's like athletic director. So I, I was. This is what wait, I is, wait. Is that an elected position? It can be. You can campaign behind the scenes hard enough, I guess. So I, I've, I've thought about. Uh, and Ole Miss fans and state fans aren't going to like this as much because you guys love your tailgating scene, and, and I understand that. I'm more talking about the professional side of things when big cities are, are building their stadiums. So I, I was looking at the, the renderings of the Titans' new stadium, which, mm-hmm. by the way, look phenomenal, look outstanding. If they build that, it's going to be great. Um, Somebody said it looks like the world's biggest Top Golf, but yeah. Hey, but Top Golf is fun. Top I'll cool. take that. Yeah, it's better than uh, uh, the stadium in Indianapolis that just looks like the Madison Kroger. So you know, I'll take Top Golf over I, Kroger. That's that's a that's a hot take right there. I think it, Lucas Oil is super cool looking. It just it looks like a 
I mean, you haven't seen the the Kroger by my... No, yeah, a lot of brick. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, but I'm but either you. way, so the, a, a lot of stadiums have been built with just parking lots around them, right? I mean, it, it's just parking lots, and there are a few places, kind of like the Superdome, where it's like they're, they're just built in the city, Wrigley Field, built within the city, things like that. It is so much more fun, in my opinion, to tailgate at a bar a block from the stadium than in a parking lot with you know, a small grill out of the back of your car. It's just easier. It's more convenient. It's more fun. It's climate-controlled. That's That would be my platform. Is If you're going to build a new stadium in my city, in my state, no parking lots around it. Build garages somewhere else. Figure it out that way. But you're building the city or the stadium within the city. Because I saw overhead shots of NFL stadiums versus like European soccer stadiums, and they do it way better. They just pregame in the pub. They have a pint. Then go watch footy. We have to spend 60 bucks to park to grill burgers out of a little gas grill in our tailgate. We do it way worse than them sometimes. Sometimes. But the tailgate Sometimes. seems pretty good in the South. It is. So, so it's a bit of an yeah. exception because it's pretty sick in a lot of colleges, but not all of them. I've been to a Penn State game. The tailgating scene was horrendous. Horrible. Yeah. And it's just like, what are you guys doing? What, 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 th- th- this cannot be enjoyable for you. We're in a parking lot. It's freezing. By the time you're done cooking the crappy, unseasoned northern burgers that you guys are making right now, they get cold in five seconds because it's 30 (laughs) degrees out here. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV, coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and you, if you want to join the conversation We'd love to hear from you on the C Spire text line. Want to give your business the edge? Get gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business, backed by world-class IT experts who live where you do. Right here in C Spire country. Check availability now at cspire.com slash business. Thanks for being with us. Like When I say you, you want to, um, if you want to um, join the conversation, you can. Uh, someone here, no name attached to it. He had a stroke in May. He's still trying to recover. Shame on you, Richard. Well, then you probably should remove yourself from the Senate race in Pennsylvania if you don't have the ability to communicate. Seems like kind of a prerequisite for that job. And I'm not, look, I mean, I hope the guy gets better. Just saying, he had a bad day last night. I would, there was no political commentary, and I was not making fun of the way he talked. I was making fun of the answer to the question when he was presented with evidence that was absolutely contrary to what he had previously claimed just minutes before during the debate. That's enough politics, and yeah. that's not really even I, politics. It's just it's more like a media observation of something that happened on television last night. Yeah, saw the clips. Uh, I, I was busy watching hoops, which again, another reminder for those of you out there that think that Ole Miss and State should give up on basketball when you have a fun team playing close games. The adrenaline rush of basketball is hard to beat. It is really hard to beat. We just miss it because we haven't had a lot of it. But mm. having fun basketball or having competitive basketball is more fun than a lot of you remember. And hopefully we get that this fall, starting in a couple weeks. Yeah, like a week and a half, right? 
The week from Friday night? Yeah, Coach uh, Coach Yans. Hey, that Coach Yans. Hopefully he has a, uh, a good team this year. Is it Yans or Yans? Oh, Yans. Thank you. <laughs> it's a soft J. Speaking of him, he'll join me tonight on Thunder and Lightning Live. Which will come up immediately after Sports Talk Mississippi, just after 6 o'clock. Thunder and Lightning on the radio, hosted by Brian Haydad. Everywhere you get Super Talk, you can get that radio program on Wednesday nights from 6 until 7. Of the power coaches in this state, he's got the best radio voice. Who, Jans? Coach uh, Coach Jans. Mm. Sweet Potato Jans. Are you going to call him Coach Jans when you talk to him tonight? Hey, no, I'm going to call him Coach Jans, as that is his name. Yeah. The next time we get to visit with him on this program, I think that's something I should... Hey, how often does your last name get mispronounced? I mean, he might look at me and be like, I mean, it's four letters. It's a hard J. Go with it. Oh, because there was this one guy... That was just convinced it was Yans. <laughs> so, they going to be good, though? I, I saw that somebody uh, was described Mississippi State as uh, a bit of a sleeper in the mm. SEC. Got picked low in the, the preseason poll. and Tenth in the SEC preseason media rankings? I what, would hold on, say were that... Were they talking about State as a sleeper or a particular player Particular a player. Was the one yeah, I saw. They're talking about Cam Matthews. Yeah. But I, I think I think they'll be a improved product. I don't know about postseason play. That's all you ask for in year one, right? Just be fun again. Yeah, just be just be just, just be watchable. Yeah. Yeah. If um I just kind of lay something out here and then let's talk about it when we come back. This is a story that right now is emanating from Auburn. But it is not a story that is unique to Auburn. Now, the way that it is being handled at Auburn perhaps is a little unique. We are in the transfer portal era. You can go to another school without having to sit out there now, there's a little more definition to how it works now. There's some, some windows in which you can enter the transfer portal and move on to another opportunity. When you talk about guys or think about guys who are looking for, uh, early, uh, excuse me, who are looking for different opportunities, looking for a new place to go, the majority of the time, they're not playing a lot in their current spot. Not exclusively. Jameer Gibbs would be an example, right? He was a star at Georgia Tech. He's like, I'm getting out of this mess because I can go be a star at Alabama. So you have situations like that, but a lot of the guys that are transfer uh, transferring are not playing. And there appear to be agreements in some places where the coach is like, yeah, we know you're not playing. We're going to do everything we can to protect you and play you in four or fewer games so that you have the ability to not lose a year of eligibility. There is a report out of Auburn 
that Brian Harson is not handling it that way at all. We'll get to that coming up next. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Hey, guys. What happened? What the heck are you doing? Sports Talk Mississippi, on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. So Brian Harson, according to a report at the Auburn Daily, has told players they can either remain on the team and be a part of the team, and if their name is called play, or they can quit the team. The idea of a quiet or a secret, or even a semi-public red shirt to maintain a year of eligibility in the name of helping themselves in the transfer portal, not flying with Brian Harson. You had the announcement from a couple of guys yesterday, or recently, Zykevius Walker and Landon King, who announced they are transferring from Auburn. And allegedly, Brian Harson is telling players that have asked for red shirts that their options are either to quit the football team or enter the transfer portal. Now, in fairness, you can't enter the transfer portal right now. There's a 45-day window after the college football playoff participants are announced in which you can enter the transfer portal. It is suppo- a, it's like, but... It, Enter the transfer portal is doing a lot of heavy lifting. It's you're either going to be on the team and play, or pack your stuff, leave the locker room, wish you the best. Yeah, but when they classify it as your options are either to quit the team or enter the transfer portal. I mean, if you're entering the transfer portal, you're quitting the team. Yeah. So what what he's saying All is you're not going to hang around here and wear a uniform and take up practice time and do whatever else just to bide your time until the end of the season when you're leaving. Don't come and ask me to, hey, please don't play me in more than four games because I really want a red shirt so that I've got a year of eligibility when I leave. Landon King, converted tight end over to wide receiver. He's got one catch for 24 yards this year. There's all kinds of stuff that's going on behind the scenes at Auburn. We all know that. Of Auburn's 18 signees in the 2021 class, nine have already left the program, TAF, including five of the top ten players out of that group. Some transferred after last season. Matrius Davis went to Alabama State. Hal Presley went to Baylor. Lee Hunter went to UCF. Ian Matthews went to Missouri. Roe Torrance went to Arizona State. And Kamal Haddon went to Tennessee. So those guys have already left and found new homes that are playing elsewhere this year. You had a defensive lineman in Marquise Robinson who entered the trans 
transfer portal in January of this year, but then he changed his mind and decided to stick around. According to the source close to the Auburn football program, and again, this story is from Auburn Daily and Sports Illustrated's got it as well, Harson was refusing to allow players to request a red shirt without a medical reason for not playing. And has been classified as you play or you go. Which means players have to make a decision. All right, so that's the backdrop for this story, right? This is out there at Auburn because Brian Harson apparently has taken a hardline stance. And why wouldn't he, by the way? Now, there are a lot of coaches that can't afford to do that. Or maybe they can, but it's not a risk they're willing to take. Brian Harson knows he's going to be the head coach at Auburn for another month. And then he's going to be doing something else. I guess on one hand he could say, ah, what difference does it make? If you want a red shirt, red shirt, fine, we won't play you. Or he could say, no! We're trying to win football games, and you're either going to be a part of this team or you're not going to be a part of this team. That is up to you. I cannot make that decision for you, but I can help you with that decision. There are only two options. You're part of the team, and if your name is called, you will play. Or you're not part of the team, period. Let's pull this in a little closer to home. Hey, Dad, you may have some ideas as it pertains to Mississippi State's roster, but I think they're, and and this has not been made public, but you don't have to be a rocket scientist to connect the dots here. I think there are two players in particular on Ole Miss's roster where there have been conversations about the future. Ole Miss brought in maybe the best freshman running back in America in Quinshawn Judkins. They brought in a star in Zach Evans. They brought in another transfer in Ulysses Bentley IV from SMU, and he had been a good player there. And Kentrell Bullock, who is a guy that Ole Miss has liked since he got on campus. It's just kind of been a numbers game. And he was the odd man out. If Kentrell Bullock was a feature back, I don't think there's any reason to think that he wouldn't be a good player. Maybe even a really good player. But going through another season, being the odd man out, it appears as if there has been a conversation about, hey, we're going to do everything we can to help you land in a spot where you can play. And we're going to let you have that extra year of eligibility, we're not going to play you in more than four games this season. And then there's one that is far more high profile, even than that, and it's Luke Altmaier. Luke Altmaier did not win the starting job. Luke Altmaier has been, by all accounts, and based on what I've seen on game days on the sidelines and the games that I've been there, an exemplary teammate. I think he genuinely likes Jackson Dart. I think Jackson Dart genuinely likes Luke Altmaier. Luke Altmaier is dressed for every game. He stays loose throughout the course of the game. He goes through warm-ups. He's going to every practice. But Luke Altmaier wants to be a starting quarterback, and he's good enough to be a starting quarterback. 
He just didn't win the job at Ole Miss. And if you rewind to the, what the end of the first month of the season, when it was clear that Jackson Dart was going to be the starting quarterback, there's some whispers <clears throat> that there had been a conversation between the Ole Miss coaching staff and Luke Altmyer and his family about, hey, we're going to do everything we can to protect this year of eligibility for Luke, which is the right thing to do. He's played in four games. And guys, we're deep enough into the season now where I don't think they're going to do anything to go back on that unless it is Luke Altmyer's decision. If something were to happen to Jackson Dart, I think Ken K. Dent is who you would see in the game playing quarterback for Ole Miss. I, I really believe that. Now, yeah. if something serious were to happen to Jackson Dart, then I think it gets complicated. Right? Does Luke Altmeyer look at it and go, you know what? Forget the red shirt. I'm about to go prove that I'm the quarterback that needs to be playing. Does he take that opportunity knowing that they're – it, it, it's Texas A&M and Alabama and Arkansas and Mississippi State and just kind of bet on himself. I, I don't know how that would play out. But I feel confident that if Jackson Dart turned an ankle on Saturday night against Texas A&M, Kincaid Dent would be the quarterback that, that went into the game. And that's something that has been agreed upon. And so Ole Miss has apparently handled that situation differently than Auburn and Brian Harson. They're also not asking him to come into games, though. Isn't that a bit of a difference? Which doesn't make anything you said untrue or, or wrong. I, I just, I mean, like... I, I, don't, if, I, don't, I don't follow Let's exactly say first quarter, God forbid, Jackson Dart making a cut, rolls his ankle, looks bad. And if Kiffin said, Luke, you're in, and he said no, that would be the Auburn situation. They, they haven't gotten to a point where they have asked these two guys to play and they have said no. They've just had a, right. a, a pre-agreement. They've gotten out ahead of something like that. But, but, but I don't think Lane Kiffin would do that because, to your point, they've gotten ahead of it. Yeah. It... it, it I think that has happened well in advance mm -hmm. of like. getting to that situation. And that's how you got to handle it, right? You've got to make those decisions before you get into a game situation where you're like, oh, what do we do, what do we do, what do we do? He just played two quarters and he lost a red shirt. Hmm. I'm trying to think if there's anybody at State that fits... The only one I can think of would be Katravian Hargrove, who entered the portal for a couple of days and then came back out mm. early this season. I don't think they're. I think they're trying to preserve him. But other than that, yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll pick this conversation up in uh, just a second. Streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV, and with you on your Supertalk stations. Is Sports Talk Mississippi right here on Super Talk Mississippi? Coming out of my cage and I've been doing 
you guys follow the redshirt issue? As it pertains to players that might be looking to transfer, maybe you even have had a conversation about them transferring at the end of the season. Because but whether you're talking about Auburn or Ole Miss or Nebraska or UCLA, if you're talking about a scholarship player, you are currently paying for that young man's room, board, tuition, books, medical care, training support, food, cost of living stipend. You get a lot invested there. And asking that young man to play when you are providing all of those things for him does not seem like the biggest stretch ever. Is this a recruiting issue? I think that's that's the biggest problem there is it's going to get brought up in recruiting. It's going to be brought up as, you know, he doesn't care about his players. He only cares about himself. Right or wrong, that's how it's going to get spun. I, I do like this. And, and it, while understanding somebody like Bullock that you mentioned or, or Altmeyer, guys that are not going to play, and, and having that conversation and understanding that Ole Miss doesn't need Kendrell Bullock. With all due respect to the young man, I'm sure if he decides to transfer, he'll be a good back somewhere because he's got the physical tools to be that. He's just not Zach Evans or Quinshaw Judkins. Nobody really is. <laughs> I mean, you you could call them the best running back duo in the country if you want. You can argue that. So it's not a shot at him. It's just reality. But if your team that you play for is asking you to play and you refuse, somebody needs to put their foot down and, and stop it. Kind of like the conversation we had with the coaches and the salaries. A lot of this stuff that's going on in college football could be prevented by adults in the room. Putting their foot down and saying enough. If I'm asking you to play, if you're, if this team needs you to play, and you say no, this team doesn't need you at all. Go. I actually like the precedent that sets, and I hope that's a, you know, maybe with uh, with kids today and the way recruiting works, it, maybe it's a bad strategy. But Brian Harson's going to be a head coach again, and I, I think this actually sends a message. It's one that I'm sure you guys were taught growing up. I know my dad would say the same thing. It, I was on a baseball team right around the time when I learned that I didn't really enjoy playing baseball like I did football and, and other stuff that I was doing as a kid. I told my dad I wanted to stop. I, I, I want to quit. I don't want to play baseball anymore. I'm bored. This, I'm, I don't like it. He said, you're finishing the season. I, I mean, how many times have you out there listening had that conversation with your kid or had a dad have that conversation with you? You made a commitment. You're finishing the season. When the season's over, then we can start talking about other things. That's exactly what he made me do. And, and I caught for the team for the rest of the year. I was catcher. And I played, and when that season was over, I was done with baseball. That's essentially what Harson's doing here. You made a commitment to this team. You're not going to hang around with your bad attitude looking to go somewhere else. Go ahead on. It's a good lesson. It's a shame that that can even be taken as anything other than the right thing to do. If your team needs you and you say no, go. Get out. 
Don't be a part of it are anymore. These, are these guys playing, though? I mean, the guy, Landon King, he has one catch on the year. How many games has he played in? You know, how, how vital a cog is he? Yeah. I mean, so, so, he, so he's a receiver? It's not like Auburn needs point, him anyway. Yeah, I mean, if you put him in at this point, are you doing so just out of spite to burn a year? Yeah. Which seems unlikely. There is, uh, I suppose, another layer to this. The uh, You had the SEC teleconference earlier today. He said to a reporter, I don't know what report you're talking about. And the follow-up was, there's a report saying you are allegedly denying red shirts to players if they aren't medical. What's the truth with that, if anything? And as a follow-up, what's the overall process when you do come up with those decisions? Here's Brian Harson's answer. Well, like I said earlier, obviously, every player that comes in, we know who has them. We monitor that, and we do every single week. It all goes back to what is needed and who's out there also putting themselves in a position to be able to play and who can help us play. We monitor that as a staff, and we continue to monitor that with the guys. They're not going to be able to go out there and play for us, and there's guys ahead of them, and they're young players. If they have a red shirt year, that's usually when they're able to use it. But overall, every guy that comes in here, they're coming in here to play. That's what we go through every single week. What is the plan, and how do we utilize our players to help us and their teammates to be successful and go win ballgames? The coaches monitor, all right, how many times those guys have played, how many games those guys have played, and how we've used them. At the end of the day, guys are here to play, and we want to make sure that we allow our guys to do that. There's a Billy Madison element to that answer. Yeah. But if you read between the lines, Brian Harson said, guys come here to play. If we need them to play, they're going to play. We, we keep up with how many games guys have played in. We understand what the stakes are. But we brought them here to play football. And they came here to play football. It's, it's not our job to protect kids that aren't going to stay in our program. That's the biggest issue right there, right? Is that however you spend this, these players are going to Harson and saying, I'm not going to be at Auburn next year. So it, it comes almost like, well, well, then what do I care about you kind of thing? Sorry, you know, you're walking out on me, I'm walking out on you. Our relationship is no longer. So I mean, this just it feels like a breakup, and and but there's some sour grapes on the players' end. I get Does where the feel- players are coming from, but I, I, I'm going to side with the coach on this one. Does it feel to you, to you like this is how Mike Leach would handle that situation as well? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, Leach, I mean, he ran off a lot of guys that first year. And I don't recall any of them staying till the, you know, to the end. And, and then I'm trying to remember. I'm sure some of them did. It's not that, it's not that it didn't happen. Um, Leach is kind of an old school guy. He yeah, might be of, I that, guess, of that mindset. I guess, I mean, not, not necessarily saying quit, but not responding well to a conversation if a player were like, hey, you know, when this year's over, I'm probably moving on. If you could help me preserve my red shirt, it feels like Mike Leach might say, if I need you to play, you're going to play. I mean, 
what, what, what we're saying here is this. Is the player is basically saying, I'm not willing to play, but I'm willing to come to practice and use your facilities and, and all, this, all the benefits that come with being an athlete. But if, I, if it comes down to it, I don't want to be on the field. You I know, can understand maybe, why a coach would say yes. no. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe it's it's a maturity level with how a player approaches the coach as well. Hey, coach, I, I, I'm smart enough to know this, and obviously you know that I'm not playing. I, I get that this isn't the right spot for me. I'll do anything you need me to do in terms of helping the team get ready, you know, operating on scout team, whatever. But... If I can avoid playing in more than four games so that I can preserve a year of eligibility, I really want to play football. I just recognize that it's probably not going to be for you based on what's happening. To me, that's a really mature way to have that conversation. As opposed to, you're not playing me. Don't you dare put me in the game at the end. You know, because we're getting our butt kicked or we're kicking somebody's butt. I don't know. Yeah, there's there's ways to go about it that make it better, but it, it, it's almost like every difficult conversation in life, right? There's a there's a, a good way to have a hard conversation. Yep. Hmm. And then you've got. Do, so, we, do we think this is happening all over the country? Yes. I mean, we've got the story about all to a certain degree. Yeah. It's kind of localized with Ole Miss a little bit with a couple of players that we talked about. But this has got to be happening everywhere. SMU had a handful of players that were playing. Shut it down. Mm-hmm. Shut it down after four games. Remember Houston? Houston a couple years ago, like the right. King De'Ara was King. part of that group. That just, yeah, yeah, just shut it down. And that was before there was the open <laughs> transfer, but he was a graduate. Yeah, and so he was able to know that he was going to be able to transfer, and he wanted to preserve a year of eligibility. Didn't really work out for him in terms of health on the field, but it was a really good business decision. He made a lot of NIL money last year at Miami. A lot. And then couldn't stay on the field. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV. You got thoughts on this? You're welcome to hit us up on the ceasefire text line at 601 879 4395. Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah! On Super Talk Mississippi. to another college football weekend. Another semi-light slate in the SEC this weekend. Arkansas and Auburn at 11 on the SEC Network. Florida and Georgia, 2.30 on CBS. Missouri, South Carolina, 3 o'clock SEC Network. 6 o'clock on ESPN, Kentucky and Tennessee. Ole Miss and Texas A&M. That's on the SEC Network at 6.30. 
30 on Saturday night. So five games. All five games are conference games. And you got four teams off this weekend. Alabama is off this weekend. LSU is off this weekend. You've got... Uh, who are the other two? Mississippi State is off this weekend. Vanderbilt is off mm-hmm. this weekend. You ready for a mind-blowing? I don't know if this is a stat. It's more of just a scheduling quirk. This is Texas A&M's first home game since September 17th. Yeah. Have not played a home game since they hosted Miami. That feels like an eternity ago. Doesn't it? Yeah. Because they were the home team air quotes, in Jerry World, played at Mississippi State, played at Alabama, had an off week, played at South Carolina. Arkansas and Dallas, Starkville, Tuscaloosa, Open Date, Columbia, South Carolina. And now they're going to finish with four of their final five at home. Ole Miss, Florida, they go to Auburn, UMass, and LSU. wonder what Ole Rock's got to say about Ole Miss. Who? It's the, the, the guy that has all the jokes at Yale practice. Old Rock the Good Aggie? Oh, is that the nickname that is passed down from one to the other, or is that this guy's no, it's, actual? It's, it's, uh, so when they tell the story about the hanky-panky hillbilly from Mississippi, they tell yeah, yeah, the joke yeah. about it, Old Rock either like... When they played state last year, Old Rock was the uh, the, the gun store owner. And a, a Texas A&M fan went to go buy a gun and said he wanted a private stock, but Old Rock went and got the Mississippi State football team because he thought he said laughing stock. It, it, yeah, it's, it's Old Rock, the good ag, that, that okay. always has the jokes. So, so, so he's the recurring character. He's the character in okay. the jokes about their opponent. Woo! Yeah, it's Old Rock. You, uh, Borky, I feel like you have done a significant amount of research into the um, the traditions. It, it, I went into a rabbit hole, and this like last year, because it, it was when state fans. Do you have a class ring? I, I don't. I don't. I'm a normal person, and I didn't go to a military academy. So those guys can wear their class rings forever. You earned that, buddy. Uh, normal schools? No, you didn't. But, yeah, I went down a rabbit hole after state fans took the video and put it on the internet about Old Rock and the laughing stock and all that. So I started, why is he doing that leg hike thing? What is that? Well, as it turns out, I don't remember every detail, but there was a Yell leader decades ago whose uh, little milkman jumpsuit was too big, so he kept moving his legs in such a way to get his pants up over his shoes. And then ever since then, yell leaders do that. Mm, It's just... And then... They'll turn anything to a tradition at Texas A&M. Everything is a tradition. So there was decades ago, you know, back in 1917 or whatever, there was one yell leader that uh, was a little restless and was kind of pacing back and forth. And so in some of their settings, you'll see yell leaders just kind of walking back and forth while one is giving a speech or whatever at the fish camp or whatever they call it, you see guys just walking back and forth. That's why. Because one guy decades ago did that, so they do that too. Okay. Sure. It, so, 
Mike in Grand Bay, Alabama, who's been a long-time listener to the show. Mike, we appreciate you. I, I don't even think I really understand what you're asking. Based on what you're asking over and over and over and over, I feel like I answered your question. He says, sounds like Harson's issue is with the NCAA, not the players. Then he says, does the NCAA allow the transfer? Come on, answer. Does the NCAA allow the transfer? If so, then the argument lies there. I must be blocked. Thank you for revealing your thin skin. I thought you were adults. I, I, I don't even really know what you're asking. I, I, I said to you earlier, the amended rules for the transfer portal are a 45-day window starting the day after the championship field is set for college football. Can they transfer, can they enter the transfer portal technically today? No. They can enter on the Monday after the SEC championship game, whether they are participating or not. And again, I I don't even know if I'm answering the question that you've asked over and over and over and you're mad at us for not answering. I'm not sure I get it. Sports Talk Mississippi, the NCAA has issued new NIL guidance, and it's kind of interesting. I listen to that work. That work. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, sir. With you on this Wednesday afternoon, the 26th of October, this is Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad. Time right now to go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Jason Baker joins us right now. Uh, if you have watched Southern Miss football games, you have uh, you have heard and seen Jason Baker and lots of other stuff too. He, he has worked with basically every sport on the Southern Miss campus. Just a massive, massive Thursday night. We're we're on the eve of of a football game for Southern Miss. Jason, maybe I'm being hyperbolic here. Maybe I'm overplaying this, but this feels like as big a game as there has been for Southern Miss in quite some time because it's got a chance to be win number five. It's a Thursday night game. There's a national television audience uh, kind of keeping pace in the Sun Belt. There's just a lot riding on this one. Yeah, there is, Richard. And, uh, you know, doesn't it just have the feeling to me to it'll put – some validation behind what Will Hall's been been singing and preaching. And to me, I, I almost believe there's some validation to, I think he's a little ahead of schedule. I think he's a little ahead of maybe where people thought this team would be. And I think this part of the game, while, while he's got some really good wins and some really good battles, look, I think right now, if there's such a thing as a quality loss, you look to the loss against Liberty, you battle a Liberty team that's currently 7-1, and one. Mm-hmm. And you battle them to four overtimes, your two lanes only loss 
of the season, by the way, right now, the win that you gave them uh, or, or the win that you picked up in the only loss that they had of the season. And to me, like this is that rubber stamp game that you can put your stamp on the season and this is where it turned. And so, no, I don't think you're overplaying it. And I think Will Hall would, would echo that as well if you were asking him that question uh, of how big of a game is it. It's it's that big to to put some validation behind maybe the success that they've had uh, in the last couple of weeks. You know, if this game is being played a year ago, you don't feel great about your chances. Billy mm. Napier had that no. thing humming, humming in Lafayette. <laughs> he takes the Florida job. Has a bunch of players that leave, and so it's a little bit of a kind of press the restart button. They go 2-0 to start the year and then lose three straight games to Rice, ULM, and South Alabama. But since then, they've won two in a row. They went to Marshall and won. They went to Arkansas State and won. It's an Arkansas State team that Southern Miss beat a couple of weeks ago as well. When you look at the Ragin' Cajuns, this Louisiana team, what stands out for you? To me, they're the most puzzling team in the Sun Belt. They were picked to win the Western Division in the Sun Belt. And I think a glimpse of that on last week in the win over Arkansas State, I think they gave us that glimpse of the team that we thought because of the transition, right? They hired within. So they went and got Michael DeSormo off of Billy Napier's staff and said, this is our guy. This is who we want. This is who it should be. And so when they make statements, hires like that, you often assume the continuity continues, right? And so while he's not Billy Napier, just as you said, boy, he had it kind of humming, right? Look, keep that into all of college football. And so now, under the assumption, the pretense that they were going to be the team that everybody thought they were. Now, granted, losing Lewis last year obviously hurt. I mean, a generational type player, a program-defining type player. Yeah. You knew they would take a step back at the quarterback. But you thought, okay, they're still going to be the team and the program that Billy nailed. But they just haven't been. But then they go and Ben Woolridge shows you, he sets what, most passing TDs in a game with five in that win over Arkansas State last So he shows you a little glimpse of what everyone preseason, and of course I know you know, preseason polls are, are, are worth the paper that they're written on. But at the same token, enough football put them first in the Western Division. And so they gave them. There's, there's that thing of me within me tomorrow night that, that says, careful, this is that was picked one in the Western Division of the Sun Belt, which is, you know, as well-respected of a group of five conference as there is in the country. And so you just have to understand that's that's the caliber of opponent, at least from the preseason standpoint, that was coming in here or coming in here tomorrow night, and they showed a little glimpse of that, you know, last week. Jason, I'm going to interrupt our conversation just for a second. We're going to we're going to hang up the video stream and we're going to give you a call. You're breaking up a little bit. And I want to be sure that uh, everybody can hear you on the the radio piece of it as well. So, Borky, let's see if we can call him right now. We'll finish up this conversation. You know, one of the things that that stands out to me, and we'll get to to Jason on this when we come back uh, in a second, is this is the matchup that jumped off across all sports to me when we saw that Southern Miss was going to the Sun Belt Conference. Lafayette and Hattiesburg, not that far apart, three and a half, maybe four hours apart when you look at geographically where they are. 
two schools where baseball matters a ton, two schools where maybe they're not as far down the road as they would like to be in basketball, and two schools where there is a commitment to winning in football. Jason, I, I don't know if you, you heard where I started. When, when it was announced that Southern Miss was going to the Sun Belt, this was the school that I circled where I said, I can't wait to watch these matchups, and it doesn't really matter what sport we're talking about. just so happens that we've got a really high-stakes football game the first time that these two meet because of geographic proximity and commitment and history of success and all of those things. Yeah, I agree. Um, and and, and that, that's the whole point of why Southern Miss had to get out of Conference USA and into the Sun Belt, right, was for this geographical rivalry to be able to partner with schools within driving distance, within regional-type fan bases that think like them, that talk like them, that, that in a relative scale have budget sizes the same as them, that aren't in these big city markets, that are in relative towns that have similar lifestyles as them, and to me, you know, that have this natural kind of competitive nature amongst them, right? You know, while El Paso, Texas is one of the great cities that I've ever been to, the cultural similarities there between Hattiesburg and El Paso, Texas, are, are it's about as far away as they are in terms of traveling distance. But the cultural similarities between Lafayette, Louisiana, and Hattiesburg, Mississippi, pretty close, to be honest with you. Then there's a lot in common between those towns. And so there'll be people flooding on the campus tomorrow, I suspect, that'll have a lot in common, and it just makes for the rival. And you're right, Richard. This is, look, it spilled over. I mean, a couple of years ago, you know, the dugouts cleared in a baseball game, and that's not been forgotten. And, you know, this, is, this has been a long-time rival, and these two teams have matched up with each other in a bowl game before. And so we've seen these kind of matchups and, and, and have familiarity with each other throughout the years. And so it's not an uncommon opponent uh, that, that you're just playing um, for the sake of playing them. And so, yeah, it's, it's got that feel. And, and, and really, I would say it's felt like that already with Troy. It's felt that way with South Alabama. And I really, truly believe it will feel that way tomorrow night with Louisiana in here. 53rd meeting all-time. Southern Miss has dominated the series. Last time the two teams met, the 2016 New Orleans Bowl, and that was a win for Southern Miss down in uh, in New Orleans. Uh, uh, looking at the way the four wins have gone, 10 points allowed against Northwestern State, 24 allowed against Tulane, and you mentioned earlier the only blemish on Tulane's schedule, 19 allowed against Arkansas State, 14 allowed last week at Texas State, it really is the defense that is driving this team right now. And I, we kind of maybe hesitate when we say that because we know Will Hall is an offensive guy. But they've been physical, and they've done it without the guy that was arguably their best linebacker. Yeah, and, and, and you, could make a, you could make an argument, maybe two best linebackers in Swayze Bozeman and Hayes Maples both have been gone and lost for the season. They lost Swayze Bozeman on the opening series against Tulane out with a leg injury uh, as well. And uh, I joked with you off the air, but I mean this, and I have said this publicly on a, on a football broadcast. You can talk about the transfer portal. You can talk about the recruits, but make no bones about it. The best recruit that Will Hall has signed is the youngest defensive coordinator in the country in Austin Armstrong. He knew he wanted him the moment he got the job. 
He went after Austin Armstrong, who has been a member of the staff uh, as the Raging Cajuns, and he went and got Austin Armstrong. The kid wasn't even 30. He's not 30 yet. I think he's 29 at the moment. And um, he went and got Austin Armstrong. And, look, I think he'll be a head coach in college football probably by the time he's 35. He is one of the brightest minds in all of college football in terms of defensive philosophy. I mean, look, Texas State had no answer. I mean, they scored 14 points last weekend, but seven of those came on, you know, essentially in a two-minute hurry-up offense, basically a Hail Mary that on a misplayed ball by our safety. And they scored those seven points at the end of the ball game. Other than that, they had seven points to speak of. That's practically unheard of. Yeah. in the world of college football today. That's what that's what kind of job Austin Armstrong has done. Jason, really appreciate you spending some time with us. Know it's going to be fun. It's going to look great tomorrow night. Southern Miss in Louisiana, 6.30 tomorrow night at The Rock. Thanks, Jason. Richard, always appreciate the conversation. Love the job you guys do. Thank you so much. Okay, what we do next? Keep it moving, buddy. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. <laughs> kind of a funny story in college football. Coincidence, I'm sure. This from Football Scoop. Zach Barnett wrote it. I'm just gonna. Re- I actually like the. Um, I actually like the lead of his story. If you're asking my advice, there are three groups of people in life I would not mess with. I wouldn't mess with anyone rumored to have connections to organized crime, just to be safe. I wouldn't mess with a mom who feels her child has been disrespected, overlooked, or otherwise mistreated. That goes without saying. And in light of Wednesday's developments. I wouldn't mess with the Big Ten office, specifically if I was a Big Ten coach looking to pester, neg, or otherwise force the league to give my team a favorable football schedule. What are we talking about? You remember back this summer when James Franklin, the head coach at Penn State, kind of went off over the fact that his team was playing its seventh straight Big Ten opener on the road? Well... Earlier today, the Big Ten dropped its 2023 schedule, and Penn State will start its conference slate on the road at Illinois. Not only will that make eight straight years, that will make 13 of the last 14 years that Penn State football has started conference play on the road. They should uh, they should set it up next year to start or the 24. Start them at home, but it's against Ohio State. Congratulations. Here is your home opener. You're at home? Yeah. You wanted to be at home? Here you go. Penn State, that's week three. Enjoy the beat down they're going to get this weekend. Penn State? I think so, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, probably so. Kind kind of feels that way, matching up with the Penn State Ohio State University. A, uh, they're a bad good team. I always like to, to find out who the bad good teams and who the good bad teams are. Penn State is a bad good team. Good they're six to and win one on the year. Eight, 
Yeah. Oh, they're going to finish probably nine and three or something like that. But they couldn't win a game against a good team to, to save their life. They have played one ranked opponent this year. It was mm-hmm. on the road against Michigan. We'll score that game. Forty-one we'll score seventeen. That game. That's all you need. And to there know. was a defensive they, touchdown in there as well. They, they finished in second mm-hmm. place, by the way. Yeah. 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 It's better than third. <laughs> I did beat Auburn though. They uh, they, they did they, have they, the road they, win. At they got all. me a lunch. Yes, they did. They got me a lunch. Yeah. Didn't we? Didn't we double or nothing? That what was the the bet? We did, and I think you won it. I don't remember. I'm what pretty it was, sure though. I won it because yeah. yeah. You guys have got to do a better job keeping up with your lunch bets. If I think you mm-hmm. won it is the answer when you can't even remember what well, the I'm wager pretty, was. Well, it, it speaks to character because I could say you didn't win. That's right. We have trust. Yeah. Who did who did Ole Miss play? Was it Auburn? And then they didn't cover. I think we, that may have been it. I don't think it was that one. I think it no. was it Bama A and M. Well, it was Bama Tennessee. It's Bama Tennessee. That's exactly right. Oh, that's, that's right. Because Borky had uh, Bama winning that game by Borky three was convinced. Was uh, not only winning, not just winning. He had Bama winning by like thirty. He had Bama smoking cigars in Neyland, not yeah. Tennessee smoking cigars in Neyland. Man, everybody's oh, smoking somebody something does, does, around here now. Wait. We got somebody saying who uh, they're listening to the whole show. They said I did take Auburn to cover against Ole Miss. That's yeah, but that was. wasn't the bet. That was just our pick. Segment. That wasn't the bet. No, okay. it was Alabama Tennessee. I did. I, I remember taking Auburn. Yeah, y- you did. I think I interjected and asked if that should be a stake bet, and you guys stuck with lunch. If I remember correctly, okay. I think so. maybe that I just made that part that of it up. I don't know. Um, that's all right. The, the Ole Miss basketball had a run like that, where they started on the road in conference play for like seven or eight years in a in a row, something like that. And they just kind of rolled their eyes about it, and you know, kind of made some internal jokes. And because well, what what difference does it make? This is what I would ask James Franklin. What it balances does it make out. If it's first. Well, what's the difference? Yeah, you have to play the game. You don't get it. You you don't get an eleven a.m. kick against you know Rutgers when it's still hot. Who cares? You know, I was thinking about this, kind of a non-sequitur here, but the we spent a lot of time yesterday talking about the injury situation. And I was talking to somebody earlier about it, and it sounds like Ole Miss is going to have basically a full complement of players. Now, how healthy that full complement of players is remains to be seen, but it, it seems like in terms of availability where the guy's going to be in uniform and, and trying their best to play in the game, they'll have them all. But this should be an example used to either mandate earlier bye weeks or create a situation where you've got two of them. And uh, let's be honest, everything's all about television, so here's what I would tell the television people. You get an extra week. Now, you're going to have some weekends that aren't as powerful as you're used to, but you can champion yourselves as super into player safety while also giving yourself another week of regular season football. Because, I mean, forgive me for sounding soft, I do think it's a little dangerous for any team to play nine games in a row before an off week. Football is a very physical and outright violent game, and you've got guys that are playing on injuries that they've been... Because that's what you do. you got to play... 
Nine games without an off week is too much. They don't do it in the NFL. Shouldn't happen in college either. You know, the flip side is is Oklahoma State, who had their open date in week three. They played week one, week two, open date in week three, and then ten straight weeks with games. It's ridiculous. I mean, that, that, that should not be allowed. By week ten, could you imagine how just just beat beat the heck up the entire team will be at that point? Unsafely so. You know, sometimes we say things that don't make any sense. It happens. And then sometimes we kind of stumble across things. I mean, sometimes we say things that make lots of sense, and then sometimes we just stumble into something that makes a lot of sense. And I kind of talked myself into this yesterday. Which, I mean, it's not like land break or uh, earth shattering, land breaking. Land breaking. It's not earth shattering news here. But I think if you're Ole Miss, you do whatever you have to do to get through this week with as many bodies as possible. Duct tape, bailing wire, and tore it all. I think those are your, your, your three necessary elements to get through this week. And I know you want to be 100% going into the game against Alabama. But if we're being completely honest, it is not a matchup that is favorable to Ole Miss. Given Alabama's, especially at the linebacker spot, that athleticism and the aggressive nature they've got with that position. I'm not by any stretch conceding the Alabama game if I'm Ole Miss, but this one means more this week. It's a team that you are supposed to beat. You're not supposed to beat Alabama. And maybe at the beginning of the year people would say you're not necessarily supposed to beat Texas A&M, but given what Texas A&M is at this point of the season, if you're Ole Miss, you're supposed to win this game. So get through this one, whatever it takes to get a win. And then if guys need two weeks to get ready for the final two games of the regular season, I mean, if you have to have some guys sit out against Alabama, so be it. If that sounds like a loser's mentality, forgive me. It's I'm just like being super honest and practical. You get through this when you figure out a way to get a win. You get the open date next week, and if you need another week to get some guys healthy, sit them out against Alabama. Because so, you need everybody against Arkansas, and you need everybody against Mississippi State. And some of them feel like they just need a weak-type injury. Now, I'm not a doctor. Sorry for you doctors out there. But a lot of these guys, the way they're being talked about is they just need seven days of, of, of not having to tackle somebody. Just, just let them heal for a while. Do the salt tubs and all that stuff. And the these injuries that you can play through, but it hurts like hell, and, and you just you play through it, but it kills you. Seven days of no contact can actually really help that. Yeah. CC in Senatobia, hey, Dad, wants to know if Texas A&M is a good, bad team. No, they are a bad, bad team. They're an actual bad team. <laughs> okay. We get another message that said, hey, it's just called being a realist. Yeah, I guess that's what we're talking about. Tim and McGee, he's not turning the page on this season, but he says, do you guys think that Ole Miss's good year is next year? Just a question. In August, you thought this was a transition to what should be a really good 2023 was the thinking this summer. 
Ole Miss picks up Georgia next year, right? They, they do, do pick up Georgia next year, correct? So that's that's that you 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 feel like you're starting with two losses there. So yeah, got to go to Tuscaloosa. Trust me on that. I I know how that feels. Ole Miss has to go to Tuscaloosa to, and to and Athens to next year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, gross. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. We'll be right back. Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Do you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial! Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV with you on this Wednesday afternoon, coming to you as always from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Sports Talk is brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. You can find them online at visitoxfordms.com. Full calendar of events available. A couple more weeks with no home football, so uh, plenty of other things to do. Maybe a little bit quieter, maybe a lot quieter, uh, but certainly a little bit quieter on the weekends. If you uh, want to get out for dinner or just uh, hang out, be a good weekend to uh, do it. Uh, again, visit OxfordMS.com or Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Visit OxfordMS. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky, and you, thanks for being with us. The NCAA has released new guidance on NIL. The last time they did this, it was to clarify rules related to booster-funded collectives, their roles in providing NIL deals to athletes and recruiting. This latest set of guidance is directed more toward the schools. And I think there are a couple of interesting things here. School personnel, including coaches, can be part of fundraising for collectives. Booster-funded organizations, uh, you know what a collective is at this point. But coaches and school staff members cannot donate directly to collectives. So, to put that in layman's terms, Lane Kiffin and Keith Carter can ask, encourage, implore. John Cohen, Mike Leach can ask, encourage, implore for donations to the Grove Collective or the Bulldog Initiative. They cannot, however, write a check themselves or set up a direct deposit themselves. And so if Lane Kiffin wants to offset the amount of money that has to be raised by making a donation himself to the Grove Collective, he can't do it. Mike Leach can't donate himself to the Bulldog Initiative to help with the recruiting process. But they can help with the fundraising process. The NCAA said, quote, school staff members also cannot be employed by 
or have an ownership stake in an NIL entity. This is the line that kind of grabbed me. Schools also can request donors provide funds to collectives and other NIL entities, provided the schools do not request that those funds be directed to a specific sport or a student athlete. You remember when we uh, when we talked with Walker Jones a few weeks ago? And I don't think he spoke specifically to this, but it's something that he and I talked about that not, not just at Ole Miss but all over the country I think schools are trying to figure out what their role can be or should be in raising money for collectives. Is there a scenario where the Bulldog Club at Mississippi State could make a one-time annual donation or a monthly donation, if they were so inclined, to the Bulldog Initiative to help with the recruiting of athletes across all sports. Is there a scenario where the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation, if they were so inclined, could donate to the Grove Collective to help with the NIL activities that are going on through that? And I don't know that there's a ton of clarity. I I have asked that question and have gotten mixed answers about it. Well, they, they did this to create more clarity, instead cause more confusion. I especially love the fact that they are now blocking schools from uh, helping their players with their taxes, unless they help every single student with their taxes. It, they're making it up as they go along, and, and what I find so bizarre about this is they keep making it up and adding new things and, and creating such a mess of ambiguity. Like I said months ago, and, and I believe you guys agreed as well, the free market will figure itself out. That, that, that's the beauty of freedom, is when you allow free market capitalism to work unrestricted, it will work, it, market corrects itself all the time. You're seeing it in Miami already. Everybody was all up in arms about the amount of money Miami's spending already scaling back. You've seen the disaster at Texas A&M. That's going to change. You, you think Texas A&M is going to buy the recruiting class with the same amount of money they spent on last year's? After this disaster? I, I got the answer for you. Things were working themselves out on their own. There was a huge dive into the deep end of the pool until everybody realized, wait, this is really stupid. 17-year-olds are terrible investments. I'm not going to give another quarterback $9 million. And things were starting to work back down. It wasn't a conversation anymore. Things were correcting themselves, and the free market was working just fine. But now we've got to add new guidelines that nobody understands. Now we've got to get Tommy Tuberville, that incredibly intelligent Tommy Tuberville, going to write some legislation to fix it. Or we can you know, follow the founding principles of this country and let legal adults engage in the free market. And if something, as a lot of people have said, if it's not sustainable, guess what? It won't sustain. And it's already happening, and yet they still want to try to fix this. It doesn't need to be fixed. It was happening on its own. But let's add new guidelines. I agree with some of what you're saying. 
But I do think that this needed to happen because I, I think there's some people at the university level that needed some clarity on this, right? Because the initial guidelines were schools can't be involved. And I think we discovered pretty quickly that that was a bad plan, that schools needed to be involved to help with the administration and understanding the rules and what was and wasn't allowed, and they're going to be involved one way or the other. right? It was either going to be above board or below board. So if it was going to happen regardless, might as well make it above board and not create a scenario where everybody's breaking rules that nobody's going to enforce anyway. So I I do think that it made sense to say, yeah, schools, you can be involved. Coaches, players, or I'm sorry, coaches, administrators, staff members, etc. So that part of it made sense. But I, I think you're also onto something, Borky. It was the new shiny toy. And the people that had lots and lots and lots and lots of money threw a bunch of money at the new shiny toy almost like a novelty, to see if it would work. You know what's crazy? And we were talking about this yesterday. Like, the the, the three of us were not necessarily on the radio. And Hey Dad was like, oh, you mean some coaches are elite and some coaches are not? That was kind of like the the end of the conversation. (laughs) NIL paying players... I mean, it can work, but it still only works big when you've got the right coach in place to continue to run a program. Texas A&M is the that's like the the, the shining star, the the beacon on a hill, the lamp on top of the hill that is sending out the warning signal for everybody of just throwing money at players to get highly thought-of players that everybody else wants does not lead immediately to wins to a college football playoff berth. you still got to develop players. You've still got to take those five-star players and four-star players and make them perform on Saturdays in the fall. you got to grow them. You still got to have a culture in your locker room. You still got to have everybody pulling in the right direction. You still got to have elite quarterback play. You, you got to get everybody on the same page. And that's part of what's remarkable about the consistency of Nick Saban. I mean, 15 seasons, 16 years, whatever the number is that he's been at Alabama, there hasn't been a blip. There are a couple of years where Alabama was not in it for the national championship, and it kind of looked like they mailed it in at a bowl game. But generally speaking, Alabama plays hard every year. Every game, every year, they play hard. I'm not trying to sound like you know coach speak. Nick Saban talks all the time about the standard. And he gets those guys to believe that. Like, this is how we're going to play and if you don't think it works, you're dumb because, hey, look at this box. It's got six national championship rings in it. Whether you like Dabo or not, his team was not as good last year. His team is not as good this year as the national championship teams. They continued to play hard. And they kind of rallied last year and won 10 games when that team had no business winning 10 games. 
We'll be back. What we're going to do right here is go back. And now back to back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling. On Super Talk Mississippi. So apparently there's a really good fake tweet going around. You guys seen it? Oh, I have. What, what's it's tough out there on those Twitter streets? What, what am I missing on the handle? It's a capital I for one of the L's. Oh, so, okay. I got you. So they, instead of going capital C-O-L-L-E-G-E... Capital Gage. Okay. College. Hmm. Yeah. You gotta check the, stuff like that, guys. The 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 fit it's hard. You can't just look at it and see though. You gotta when you see something that's like that off the wall, you gotta give that a look. Plus college game day is verified. They would have a blue check. Yeah, it says uh, at college game day or college game day. <laughs> the it's governor French. of Mississippi and Jackson resident. Clapping emoji. We are proud to welcome at Tate Reeves on our set to be the guest picker for this weekend's HPCU showdown. <laughs> and there's the gubernatorial picture with a big grin from Tate Reeves. Yeah. It's wow. fake. Before you guys wow. start t- before you guys start texting us like, have you seen this? It's it's fake. It's a really good fake. <laughs> it's some old Miss fan if you scroll down his Twitter timeline there. Yeah. Probably a, probably a friend of Richard Cross. You think? I mean, Might you know everybody I've never Oxford. met before. They don't what are the odds of that? in Oxford because they are an Ole Miss fan. Yeah, Ole Miss fans live all over If you the look place, at their Twitter timeline, if they look at, that, look at that Twitter timeline, they live in Oxford. Okay. So we don't think that I did my investigation. Reeves is actually going to uh, be the guest picker all on right. game day? I would be Seem, surprised if that were There's unlikely. a better chance that Corso takes his pants off and moons the crowd than Tate Reeves is the guest picker on college game day. Better chance of that. Mental image go away. <laughs> Although, I would love to see Corso, instead of a helmet or something, put on uh, a drum major's hat and have the, the baton as, as his pick. Because you that'd know he's cool. picking Jackson State. Oh, that'd be cool. That would be really cool. How is the sonic boom going to be featured? Oh, I, you know what I'm concerned I don't about? Know, but they will be. The weather. Knock on wood, it doesn't come till later. 90% chance of rain on Saturday around here. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. You know what I think that means? I think that means that people will get wet for three hours. Heck yeah, they will. Yeah. I think that's all that means. Uh, there are a lot of people saying that Snoop Dogg's going to be the guest pitcher, picker. So, you, so you think he's coming Mississippi back? native? He was there last week. Yeah. There's a lot of options. A hip hop, a hip hop artist is the way to go. I think. There's a bunch from Mississippi. Yeah. Like big time, like popular 
from here. We get a message that says it will be the least watched game day ever. I, I think you're wrong about that. Why, why would it be any different than any other game day? The location is irrelevant. They're just talking about the games of the day. What, what, in what way does the location, are, are you really trying to tell me, person, that the location of college game day determines whether or not you tune in? That like, oh, God, they're possibly. going to Pullman, they're going to Pullman, Washington. I'm not watching. They're, they went to Salt Lake City. I'm not watching this week. I'll, I'll let that guy in on a, on a little secret. Don't uh, be stupid. The 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 off the wall places that they go to do well. That's why they continue to do them. When they went to Fargo, North Dakota, that was a big success. Yeah. That's why they keep yeah. doing it. When they went to James Didn't Madison, they William and Mary. They, 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 I don't know. I don't James that, Madison. But they went know. to James yeah. Madison. And that was a wild success. Why do you think they went to Appalachian yeah. State earlier this year? Because the novelty. Fargo works. looked awesome. Fargo, they were downtown. Fargo looked incredible. Wow. I mean, now we're changing our narrative over there. Over for this guy now. Bring water and lots of security. Oh yeah, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> just, just done with that. Hey, um, you know what I love? Oh, Dan Walken fell for the fake tweet. Did he? He did fall oh, for it. Yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He did. Oh, what a loser! Yeah, people. Like, come on, guys. It's not. It's not the heart. People not hard are, to figure this. Out. Are going to tune in for for a couple of reasons. It's unique. And Dion, I don't know if you guys have noticed this out there. I know make your jokes about water, or whatever. I've already talked about it this week. Gotten a couple messages. Some of you didn't like it. That's fine. You don't have to like what I say. Dion Sanders, anything he's involved in, draws eyes. Anything Deion Sanders touches, people want to see and be a part of. So, you'll you'll see. Watch. We'll talk about the ratings number on Monday. Or maybe Tuesday when they come out. I think it's Tuesday. We've seen a lot of people suggesting Afro Man. <laughs> I think they're going to go bigger than that. I was yeah, going to take the Southern Jags, but then I got high. <laughs> oh, God. Richard, don't ever try to rap. <laughs> We'll be back five o'clock hours next. (laughs) Now back to Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi, 5 o'clock hour on this Wednesday. Alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. You want to be a part of the conversation? Well, you can join us on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. Want to give your business the edge? Get gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business, packed, uh, backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do. Right here in Seaspire Country. For more information, go to cspire.com/business. Uh, the Gallo Show tomorrow will be at the Mississippi Coliseum in Jackson for the annual Mississippi Economic Council Hobnob. This is the biggest gathering for movers, shakers, and playmakers from across the state of Mississippi. It's the number one gathering place for networking 
with statewide political and business leaders. Brian Haydad will be featured prominently. For more info about this year's <laughs> Hobnob or to register, go to mec.ms. That is mec.ms. Are you a mover, a shaker, My... or a playmaker? When I move, I tend to shake. Two out of three. Yeah, you know. I'd love to see one, adre- one day. My, my keynote address will be on Nobody Cares and Neither Should You. What would you like to speak about, Borky? Oh, see, I, I would troll the entire thing. I, I would yeah. I, I would tell, like, you know, we've got connections around here, right? Like, I, we work with and for people that know people that could get me on that stage, right? If I really wanted to, I could find my way up there. And we could sell it as, like, the impact on sports and the economy in the state of Mississippi or whatever. And I would go up there and filibuster talking about how aliens are real until they kicked me off stage. You go the other way. Birds aren't real. I want to do the whole thing on how <laughs> so, why birds so, aren't so, real. So you want to you, you want to speak one time and one time only, and never be invited back. To and never like be invited again. back. But buddy, same. I would, I, same. Would, I would go viral. Which I've never valuable. been invited to uh, the MEC Hobnob event, but I did get to speak at uh, the Delta Council annual meeting one year, which is a I mean that's that's kind of a big deal. Stoneville, Mississippi, I believe it is. Or it's the Fine Stoneville people. Research Center. Uh, great people. And just a a really fun crowd. So, yeah, there's that. Yeah, I, I haven't been invited to like one of those kind of meetings yet, although somebody did ask me and we, we just couldn't work out. I was going to be out of town. If you have a local like football club or booster club or whatever, and you want somebody to come talk to it, I promise I'll take it seriously. Ignore the aliens thing. I won't do it with yours. Just pay for my gas and give me a beer, and I'll talk football in a in a crowded room. I'll do it. And again, ignore the alien thing. I won't do that to you. I would just do that to politicians, because you know. Michael Borky lobbying send, send, for speaking gigs at local football clubs. Yeah, just send, give me a beer. Give me a beer. Send and pay your for media requests. Send your media request to Borky at prestigeworldwide.com. <laughs> the International Speakers Bureau. <laughs> yes. Michael Borky. I've always wanted to do that. When I first started here, I won't name names or anything. Uh, I, I I was told to go, I was instructed to go to one of those, and there was a, a keynote speaker, and I thought, if they paid this person, you could pay me less and I would do it better. And I've never actually like inserted my name in, into those kind of kind of categories. And that was when he first met Richard Cross. <laughs> a couple of years ago, I uh, I was invited to speak to the Jackson Touchdown Club, and that was a really cool event. Yeah. I I don't I don't get nervous about public speaking appearances, and I wasn't nervous, but there is an element of when you get up to talk, you're like. What could I possibly have to say that really is worth these people time, people's time? So you just try and tell a few stories to make them laugh and, you know, talk a little bit of football and then get out of the way because nobody really wants to sit around forever at those things. But that was a cool event. That's a really neat club in Jackson with the, I mean, it's a long time deal. Touchdown clubs are, are, are kind of the, the big city clubs are not nearly as prominent as they used to be. But there are a few that are still huge deal. really strong. Jackson's is great. 
Little Rock might be the biggest in the country. Little Rock Touchdown Club is is Birmingham huge. and Atlanta Birmingham have good ones. Birmingham is big. Atlanta is big. Um, so yeah, that's uh, it's cool. And, and usually they're lunch, sometimes they're dinner meetings, but eh, nevertheless, kind of got off on a bit of a uh, a tangent there. Uh, if you would like to be a part of the conversation, you can join us on the ceasefire text line. I think I told you that as we come to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. It is time right now for the College Football Fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Be sure to do that. 45 years, F-Series, the number one selling truck in America. We were hoping to visit with Cole Kubelik today, but he had some uh, some family responsibilities that he had to take care of. And so let's talk for a moment about Lane Kiffin. Borky says that Lane Kiffin is not nearly as brazen as the HBC, the head ball coach. By the way, thank you for getting that right and not calling him the old ball coach. It's the head ball coach. That's right. Mm-hmm. But but Borky also says that Lane Kiffin has got some Spurrier-like <laughs> qualities. Earlier today, the Wednesday SEC teleconference in which all 14 coaches appear for 10 minutes at a time, Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin said they tried to keep defensive coordinator D.J. Durkin when he was being courted by Texas A&M, but, quote, we got outbid. Kind of a common theme with that program. Close quote. <laughs> this freaking guy. Every day I'm just like, you want to hate him, and yet. <laughs> there is no question if I lived next door to Lane Kiffin, we would be friends. There's just, it's just no question. We would get along famously. Yeah? He's just... Yeah, I mean, just I, I mean, if he said that today, and then he he pulls him in the driveway, and I'm just outside getting the mail or whatever, be like, great job, you got him, fantastic. I bet he's I got laugh. lights where you could cook outside too. I bet I bet just the lights off of his house shining into my backyard would be enough. That would be enough. You wouldn't have to get your own lights. Yeah, I don't think I'd have to get my own lights. He's probably got it pretty bright back there. If I had to guess, oh, he's probably got a sick pool and stuff back there too. You can bathe in. Got a pool and a pond in the back. Pond would be better for you. Why do I need to bathe in a pool? I was making a Caddyshack reference. (laughs) Swim it? Bathe in. Did you mean swim? Or is that a fat joke? I don't know. No, no, pond would be better for you. A pond, yeah. 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 Carl Spackler. You got to watch Caddyshack. I get it. No, I've seen it. Yeah, I get it now. I didn't know where we were going, though. Uh, You know what needs to happen? Have you seen Caddyshack beginning to end? Oh, not as many as you think. Probably three or four. Ten to fifteen. Well, it's it's not it's not like an Animal House or a Blues Brothers or anything like that. What there, movie have you watched more than any other movie? Might be Animal House, because um, we we actually had that on VHS, and when we get bored, we just pop it in. Um, Orky, that's up there. You? Lord of the Rings: yeah. The Two Towers. 
That's all. That's a commitment. That's not 90 minutes. That's three hours. That's probably the movie I've watched the most. I I mean, I I think The Battle of Helm's Deep is a cinematic masterpiece, and it holds up two decades later. It's a good scene. So how many times do you think you've seen it? The Godfather's on the list. 20 to 30. Ooh. Maybe even more. I mean, there'd be hungover Sundays in college where you'd flip over to TNT because TNT was always showing Lord of the Rings one after another after another. And and you're tired and your head's hurting and you just bring the lights down and you watch again a cinematic masterpiece with very little commercial interruption as they used to sell it, and that would be most of my Sundays in college. My three most watched movies are probably in no particular order: Top Gun, the original one, Karate Kid. And Rudy, and and you you know what a you know what a sneaky you know what a sneaky top five for me would be. It's been way too Mm. long since I've watched it. Sneaky top five, Rounders. Rounders, good. It's good movie. Shawshank's on this list because it's always on TV. Shawshank is just always in. Shawshank. If you flip it and you see it, it's on. You're just like, I'm in. I'm in. Borky, like 14 different times you started to say something else, and I think 13 of those times I interrupted you. Maybe 15. Oh, it's quite all right. All I was going to say is Ross Bjork needs to go ahead and call a press conference so he can vehemently deny this one as well. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Somebody said you guys really nailed it on the college football fix today. We gave you one line from Lane Kiffin in his press conference, laughed about it, and started talking about movies. I, I don't even, I don't, honestly don't remember how we got there, but I do know that we just got like a hundred responses for the movie that you have watched the most. Oh, yeah, I know what it was. Hey, Dad was talking about being friends with Lane Kiffin. Borky made a Caddyshack yeah. reference. I asked how many times Hey, Dad had seen Caddyshack, and we were off. Here are your responses. And Richard did, gonna... Richard did bring up Rudy, so I mean that's college football too. Yes, yes, it is high level, tear jerking college football. Uh, Mike and Grand Bay, Top Gun, Jake, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, Mike in Oxford, Cool Hand Luke, Craig in Moss Point, Die Hard. I've seen that a bunch. Mike from Corinth, yeah. Smokey and the Bandit, or Blazing Saddles. Zach in Oxford, Tombstone, oh. Andy. Rad and Pulp Fiction. Rad. <laughs> Here's one. Hoosiers is legit. Saving Private Ryan, boys. That's another network TV movie that hungover Sundays would be there. Varsity Blues, Dumb and Dumber. 
Richard, I had the same top three as you now adding Maverick to the list. Josie Wales, Scarface, Ocean's Eleven, and Jaws, probably 15 to 20 each. That's from JC and Ocean Springs. I never heard of Rad, just Googled it. Uh, Felon Lori Laughlin was in that movie. Yeah. That's Barrett Salee's favorite movie. He talks about Rad. it all the time on Twitter. Yes. It says a lot. So, so I think, he, I think he, was back, a, he was in Rad. Yeah. Here's another one for Josie Wales. Somebody said Scarface? Yeah. I love that. I can't I can't even have a child with you, Richard. Your womb is so polluted. I've read the book that spawned the movie. Of of Scarface? Yeah, Hotel Scarface. There was a book? There's a book called Hotel Scarface. Where there was a book. It's about well Okay. So the book is about the that time frame in Miami, and the movie Scarface okay. came okay. out during that era, and there are right. a lot of similarities. The book didn't. Ins- the book is not. The movie is not based on a book. Is what? Okay, I was. That was what was confusing me. Yeah, uh, there have only been okay. four meaningful movies ever made: Caddyshack, Blues Brothers, Animal House, and Blazing Saddles. That's an opinion, especially for a very first time ever text. We we, we moved him. Richard, do you mean Rounders with Glenn Ford? No, that's The Rounders. Rounders with Matt Damon and John Malkovich and Edward Norton. Chick. Such a good cast. Chick. Chick. He trapped me. Pay him. Pay that man his money. He beat good. me. Fair and square. All night long. Chick. 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 <laughs> Kids got alligator blood. Throws the Oreos. Ah, Just a couple a of others. Uh, Tim in Belmont. I know all the lines to all John Wayne movies. Delta Dandy, The Godfather. Mm-hmm. You remember I admitted to you on the air that I had never seen The Godfather, and then I watched it once uh, mm-hmm. traveling last year, realized what I had missed for all those years, and I'm kind of making a commitment. I'm going to watch The Godfather like once every year or two. I like spoke to our friend Robert St. John who is a Mm -hmm. huge Godfather fan. He's planning to show The Godfather at his movie theater down there in Jackson one day. And I was told I would be given a heads up, and I will will be in Jackson that day. All right, just a couple more, then we're going to move on. Die Hard and Lethal Weapon, eight seconds. Ooh. Mm. (laughs) I'm just doing the hands, the Luke Perry hands. Okay, boys, okay, boys! Bruce in Oxford goes with Big Jake in Roadhouse. Scott in Gulfport, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Hunter in Columbus says The First Hangover. Uh, Step Brothers time, times 100. Dak in Oxford, Goodfellas, top of my list. Here's A Few Good Men. Another one for A Few Good Men. There's a Forrest Gump. Another one for Goodfellas. Me and Other Girls in College, Titanic, ten times in the movie theater. Got a bunch of good fellas that are all coming in. I like these are happening so fast I can't even get to all of them. Life with Martin and Eddie Murphy, Requiem for a Dream. That's Weekend That's at Bernie's. Interesting rewatchable. Yeah. Unpopular opinion. Casino is the best mafia Scorsese type movie of all time. That is an unpopular opinion. Very unpopular. 
A little surprised not to see more Christmas Vacation in this list. There's a few people that had it on there. A Christmas Story should be on this list just because they play it for 24 hours. You, you're bound to catch one. Just a terrible. They're doing a, they're doing a, a, a sequel. Ralphie is an adult. Yeah, yeah. Vince Vaughn's in there, right? I, I I'm not sure about I, I that. I think they were There's talking about that on the Manning thing. cast the other night. Oh, okay. Just a little bit of that. So, all right. Thank you for all of the, um, all of the responses. Oh, and Borky got a, a speaking invitation. Oh, and I bet there's yeah. more coming too. I mean, it, my my terms are pretty easily negotiated. Uh, I had somebody text me and say, if Lane's going to say things like that, he better win. And to some degree, I agree. To some degree. But also, if they lose the game, it doesn't mean what he said. Like it, he he was taking a shot in a. They have more money than us and pay their players more than we do. Therefore, they should win the game kind of thing. That's what that is. It's not like Joe Namath, I'm guaranteeing victory tomorrow. That's, do you see how much money they pay their players? It's a different thing. That's not a foot and mouth thing if you lose the game, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree with that. He's asking about DJ Durkin. He's like, we tried to keep him, we just couldn't afford him. We got outbid. Happens a lot over there. That happens a lot over there. <laughs> I mean, he's not lying. And you know what's funny? There's one reason why he does that. Because A&M responds. You know what they say, right? Don't give trolls uh, attention because that's what they're looking for. You know, why, you know why he doesn't say that about Alabama? They've lost recruits to Alabama, Georgia. But if he said something like that, Alabama and Georgia wouldn't respond. They wouldn't do anything. It... No. But A&M does. I mean, it's, an, it's a really easy target. It's an easy target, and he knows they're going to react because that's what they do. And so that's why he does it. Simple trolling 101. There is an update to one of your losers from Monday, Borky. Now, the update's not nearly as much fun as the conspiracy theory that existed on Monday when... There are a lot of people that really believe that an NFL official was asking Mike Evans for an autograph. The actual story is kind of boring. I don't believe it. That's a very quick. That, that was a very quick phone number that that has a lot of things that don't look like letters or don't look like numbers. I mean, yeah. the NFL is lying. I'm woke on this one. I think the NFL's protecting the shield. Mm -hmm. So the story was Mike Evans and this official both went to Texas A&M and they had been talking about golf and this guy was getting Mike Evans' number to give him the number of a golf pro that he could give him lessons. That story, I mean, that's if you were going to make something up, though... That's not what you would make up. It's like that's such a boring, rational explanation. That's exactly why you make it up. That's exactly oh, why. Oh, oh so, the so NFL is so good at protecting chess. the... Yeah, I mean, they're so good at this yeah. by now. They probably have a Rolodex of stories. Like, oh, we got caught doing what? Scroll, 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 scroll. Tell them this. 
Dude, they've got the best PR people in the world. They know exactly how to time up and distribute bad news, and they know how to drop something crazy immediately after. They're, they're masters at it. Did you see the new one today? The new conspiracy? Mac Jones' interception uh, on yeah. Monday night hit the Skycam uh, cord, and the NFL is saying that the video is uh, misrepresenting what happened and the ball didn't come anywhere close to hitting the wire. I haven't seen this. I need to... I need to yeah, the the link's up. in there to open it up. and I don't think the video is definitive. I want it to be real. I don't think the video is enough to think that the ball hit the cord and caused the interception. Ooh, ooh. ESPN PR with a statement. I mean, if you're watching the video, it looks like not only does the ball move, but the wire wiggles. It does. ESPN PR says, this pass from Mac Jones did not hit ESPN Skycam wiring. The video creates a false impression, but in reality, the Skycam wire was more than 15 feet above the ball, and our Skycam system followed all NFL protocols. Did it? We'll be back. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on supertalk.fm, the Super Talk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. I mean, the movie submissions just keep on coming. Love the it. movie that you've watched over and over more than any other movie, Grumpy Old Men. I've not watched that in a long time. Walter Matthau, hey, great movie. See you. Great movie. Home Alone, seen that one a million times. Got one for uh, Field of Dreams. It's a good choice. Got, gotten a couple, I don't recognize this movie. Some lady that works in Dallas. Oh, God, don't. Don't do that. I don't know. Yeah. No. Doesn't make no. sense. Moving forward. I did. I think I handled that beautifully, and everybody either got the joke or didn't, and it's just fine. Just saying. Let's talk about some games. Let's talk about some games. Three games tomorrow night. Triple header on a Thursday night. It includes one game of massive local interest and two games involving top 25 teams. 6.30 on ESPN, Virginia Tech at NC State. Virginia Tech has not been very good. They, they are... They're bad. Like, that program... When they hired Fuente, I was like, they got the next guy, right? That's the next ascendant coach. That program's going to go to another level. And he kind of wrecked them. And now they're not a good team. One and three in the ACC, two and five overall. Yeah. NC State's five and two. But only one and two in league play. Also at 630, ESPN2, Louisiana Southern Miss. Both teams four and three. Both teams with two wins in conference play. Cajuns are two and two. Golden Eagles are two and one in the league. Southern Miss, a one point favorite at home 
expecting a lot of defense in both of these two games that I mentioned. The total points, the over-under in Virginia Tech, NC State is 39. Oh. The over-under in Southern Miss, Louisiana is 43. Ooh. Points at a, uh, at a premium. Premium. Expecting a few more points uh, over on FS1. Number 14, Utah at Washington State. Coming to you from the Palouse, Pullman, Washington. Utah is a seven-point favorite. Yeah, I'm in. Total in that game is 55. I'm in. I That's one that might look really good on TV. I watch a lot of college football tomorrow night. There's no doubt. Probably skip the NFL game. The NFL's not uh, being very favorable to me right now. No. Although, no. we did get the story today. It's a silly game. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a waste of time. Except for Russell Wilson. Turns out he is the biggest weirdo on earth. Have you, have you seen? So, so they landed He's in, in the London. Discussion. They're, they're playing the London game this weekend. And it's an eight-hour flight. And reports came out about his behavior on the flight. And he, at their press opportunity, confirmed it all. Russell Wilson spent the majority of the flight stretching, which is fine because that's a silent thing, or exercising. While he admitted most of his teammates were sleeping on an eight-hour cross-Atlantic flight, he was doing high knees and exercising in the aisles of the airplane in an overnight cross-Atlantic flight while the rest of his teammates were trying to sleep. What a weirdo. I mean, I'm sure it's a private plane and they got it, you know. Yeah, but I mean, like, it wasn't like a, a regular flight. plane. Right, they got big aisles but so still, he can do that in. But come on, Russ. But still, like, sit down. Put on a headset and watch a movie, kid. Yeah, yeah. Well, And he yeah. did say he do watched something. film for two hours, which good. And he did some stretching, which good. But... The, the so an eight-hour flight, we've got four hours of stretching and high knees, two hours of of, of, of watching film, so he, he only slept for two hours? Yeah, he said he slept for the other part of the flight. The, the amount of oh cool gosh. points that Sierra gives him is hard to fathom. If, if, if he was not married to her, if he was married to Carly instead of Sierra, just some random woman out there, Everybody would hate Russell Wilson. But because he's married to her, he gets cool points that he doesn't deserve. I don't know how he pulled that off. I'm not so sure why. I'm not, I don't understand why you're so worked up. I mean, you, you spend eight hours on a plane. Circulation can uh, can be an sure. issue. If you were trying to sleep on a plane and a guy's doing high knees up and down the aisles of the plane, you'd be cool you. with that? Oh, those guys have I would all got noise-canceling headphones on. Oh, Come on. If Put somebody was doing that, I would, I, would, I would trip them. No. <laughs> Not if it was your franchise quarterback that they're paying $250 million, you wouldn't. The way he's playing right now, I'm going to trip him and try to aggravate that injury. Keep See, him off the field for as long as I can. And I saw a couple former NFL players saying that. They're like, it'd be different if he was playing really well, but since he sucks, he's on the plane doing high knees, I'd want to kill him. <sighs> What's the worst airplane experience you've ever had? If, if not for a really guy doing one. high knees in the aisle. 
It's a lot of random searches, but other than that. It was on a, uh, a six-seat propeller plane. Okay. And um, Ole Miss had played at Georgia. This was, uh, this was not a, a, a one I could not have afforded it. But this was not one that, that cost anything. There was uh, a different crew that was supposed to be going. It was already paid for. Uh, a dad and a son couldn't go, and so my buddy and I got to go along. And, yeah, beautiful flight going over to Athens. We kind of circled in over the stadium, looked great. Coming home, we flew through a thunderstorm. And because I was the smallest of the group, I was in the back two seats. There was zero air circulation. We're bouncing all over the place. I'm, like, stripped down to like a plain white T-shirt, and I have my face pressed up against the window just because that's like the only cool spot on the plane. I have never been so happy to get off a plane in my life. It was that day he decided, I have to buy Cross One. Like, I, never again will I be on this kind of plane. Brother, I am here to tell you that if any of these five numbers hit tonight... <laughs> There is a cross, cross one. one in my future, I yes. promise you. That's fantastic. I was the the only really bad one I've had, aside from delays and stuff, everybody's had a flight delayed before, and that, that stinks, but there's not a whole lot that can be done about it. I, I was flying to a funeral it's, it's years ago. It was um, when my uncle died. It's 2014. Flying to his funeral. And there's a woman behind me on my flight to Detroit. And this is the dead of winter. It's like almost Christmas. And she takes off her shoes. We're both in the aisle. Oh. She takes off her shoes. And for whatever it's worth, it's it's not like she was a skinny, attractive young woman. Okay? So that would have been allowed me a little bit more leniency, but whatever. She takes off her shoes and puts them up on my armrest. Oh. And touches my arm with her feet. No. And they were sweaty. Oh. And, and you could tell, like, they weren't stinky, but you could tell that that's what it was, was feet. And I moved my arm, I turned around, <laughs> and she just goes, oh, sorry. And I thought, okay, that's fine. She doesn't take her feet down. The rest of my flight to Detroit, Michigan, feet up. Mm. Sweaty, stinky feet next to my arm did not take them down for the entire flight, and they touched me. I was I was so disgusted. So the the, uh-huh. the Ole Miss South Carolina Thursday night game two thousand nine. I went with uh, I don't know five or six other guys, and coming home, the last guy to get on the plane who was who was the biggest guy of our group, and so it was like a weight distribution thing. He's sitting in the co-pilot seat. It's his job to close the door. <laughs> he didn't close the door all the way. <laughs> oh, my God. It was freezing on that plane the whole way home. And guess what? Once you're up in the air at whatever we were flying at, 15,000, 20,000 feet, it wasn't a pressurized cabin. It's not like you're when you're driving down the road and somebody didn't close the door and you can, you know, if you got a seatbelt on, like, open the door, just slam it shut. You can't do that on an airplane. So we flew all the way from Columbia back to Oxford with the door ajar. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's awful. That's rough. 
And How after long do I have? that game, no less. How long do I have, Borky? We'll tell it when I come back. It's too long. Right, yeah. I got a good one, though. I think I've told it on this show before, but I'll tell it again. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. We'll put a bow on this edition of the show when we come back. Mississippi. What is going on here? Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. It's about time. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. One last time, fast three hours. We've covered a lot of ground. Not all of it football-related today. Jason Baker uh, joined us talking Southern Miss, Louisiana, Lafayette. That game coming up tomorrow night at 6.30 in Hattiesburg at the Rock. A reminder that uh, after Sports Talk Mississippi ends, Thunder and Lightning on the radio is coming your way, hosted by Brian Haydad. Mississippi State head basketball coach Chris Yans will join him. Special guest tonight. <laughs> Are you going to tell him about that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> but I'm going, to, I'm going to preface it in such a way that we aren't the ones who look like idiots. Yeah. We are yoking. We, we have just... <laughs> we've just latched on to it a little bit. Did you hear what Borky just said? What did he say? He said, we're yoking. We're yoking. <laughs> we're us yoking. Uh <laughs> Borky, Borky, you're a yerk. <laughs> All right. All right. So hey, my Dad story. has a huge story to tell. Well, now, none of my issues here are uh, or involve flight mechanics or anything like that. The flight in and of itself was smooth and no problems. But, so I'm flying from Vegas. We had a layover in Chicago, and then we, we're going to fly down, and then down to Jackson, right? Or Birmingham. So Vegas to Chicago, you know, it's early flight out of Vegas. Nobody's really talking. Packed flight. About midway through the flight, this guy like gets up and and goes to like he, they swap seats. He swaps seats with another person. I'm like, that's just weird. But I don't think anything of it, right? Because I'm not really paying attention. When we land in Chicago, come to a halt. Everybody starts getting up. And they're like, can you please remain seated? And then two police officers who look like they could have played for the Bears come on the plane, and they get the guy who switched seats. Again, I have no idea what's going on, but now I'm just like, what What happened, right? Well, you know, I go, I go through the airport, I get to my next flight, I move on. I don't really think that much about it. It was weird, it was an odd experience, but I don't worry that much about it. Like three or four days later, I'm at home. And uh, it's past telemarketer time, right? It's like 8.30 at night. 
So, you know, if somebody's calling you at that hour, it's probably something you should need to answer. And I got a phone call from Chicago. It's like, let's see what it is. And the woman, woman comes around, is this Brian Haddad? Never a good start. You're like, uh-oh, here we like, go. Yeah, yeah, Here we go, yeah. It's like, yeah, yes, yes, uh, uh, close enough, yes, that's, that's who I am. Uh, I'm so-and-so with the uh, the local office of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. And she proceeds to ask me if I was on a flight from Las Vegas to Chicago on this date. Yes, I was. Do you recall anything unusual happening on that flight? I was like, yeah, this one guy got up and switched seats with this person, and I thought that was odd, but I didn't know what was going on. And then that, that guy got arrested when we landed in Chicago. She was like, do you have any knowledge of that person or, or, or what he was what he was doing on the plane? No. Do you have anything else that you remember from that flight in particular? No. All right, Mr. Haydad, we may be in contact with you again, but that will, that, that will do. Thank you for this at this time. Now, when you're a guy of my particular ethnic descent, <laughs> and you get a phone call from the FBI about a flight, I was a little nervous. I Googled every possible combination I could of man arrested, Midway Airport, on that date, everything I could put in there. Nothing. This guy disappeared off the face of the earth. If he got, I think he went straight to, if you've seen Rendition, he went straight to wherever that is. He's gone. We don't talk about him no more. Never got another phone call from the FBI. But that unnerved me in an incredible how, amount. How long ago was this? 2015. I wonder if enough time has passed that you could call the Chicago field office of the FBI and be like, hey, I'm curious. <laughs> I want to follow up with you guys. You called me and no, asked I think me some I'll let strange that, questions. I'm going to let that sleeping what, dog lie. What was that all about? And you said your last name was what, sir? Well, we'll, we'll have an agent in touch with you very soon. Harris. No, my last name is I'm Harris. good. Harris. <laughs> Hayden. Hmm. So. Or, or he somebody suggested you now have a foot fetish. No, quite the opposite. <laughs> he's he's going to be on OnlyFans by the end of the night. Tomorrow will be busy. Lee Sterling will stop by for his weekly segment. We'll talk to him. He was 3-1 and one on the games that he picked on our show last week. Uh, Ross Dellinger will join us as well, and uh, hopefully we'll have one of the guys that is calling the game, Ole Miss and Texas A&M. That may or may not happen because of travel. Thanks for being with us on this Wednesday afternoon. Enjoy your evening. For Brian Haydad and Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross, Thunder and Lightning, on the radio, coming up next. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. 
MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.